It's time for the Sports Blast. Ashi Sharma. All you have here is a solid foundation of young talent. All you have to go out and do is get the big bopper. Everyone in this room is now dumber. May God have mercy on your soul. I am going to smack you so hard. I will smack your face off of your face. Ryan Roach. He can get on base, he can walk, he can hit, and he can steal back. That's the key. They missed that element last year in the leadoff position. Sports. Dave Pollard. is facing more outrageous scoring chances. In a weird way, the defense sucking as much as it has. He's becoming more adept at making bigger saves. He's absolutely right. And Mark Lizelle. You have a great coach of Brad Stevens. You want him to stick around. Around. You want him to have confidence in this team. Here's the key part. You start winning games that matter. Down the stretch, you have to win these games. There are playoff implications on the line. The Sports Blast. What the hell are you doing? Only on ESPN New Hampshire. This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, no, 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 What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Sports Blast here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. We are coming at you live from the mall at Rockingham Park. Here in Salem, New Hampshire, we're here for the 11th annual Macy's Shop for a Cause. This is a great event which uh, benefits charities all across the nation, guys. We did this event last year. It was fantastic. And before we get into anything on the show today, I just want to talk a little bit more about the event. We are here with Kathy Stelchuk, who is counter-manager here at Macy's at, uh, here at the mall at Rockingham Park. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. This is a great cause. Um, we, like you said, we did this last year. It was very successful, and we're looking for everybody to come out and participate. There's going to be lots of fun things happening here: uh, wedding cake tasting, uh, face painting, um, coloring with Cinderella. Um, Origins is going to be doing um, our gift. We're in gift right now, so it's a great time to stop in at Origins and try our products and receive a deluxe gift size. Um, we'd love to have you. Um, And, you know, just, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, this yeah. is an event that's going on pretty much through tomorrow, correct? Yes. And it started uh, yesterday. Yep. All day today and tonight and all day tomorrow. Yep. Okay. And uh, what kind of charities does this uh, event? It's for the Matcha Dimes. It's a $5 donation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you will entail is a five, uh, 25% coupon. Then your name will get entered into a $500 gift card drawing. And it's for each store, so it's really, you know, your chances are that much higher of winning. So, but there's so many festivities going on. A magician's going to be here. There's going to be a quartet singing. I mean, so many fun things. It's a great way to end your summer, come in and enjoy. And so you got a lot of activities going oh, on here today. Uh, yep. Just talk about if you do come here and you spend some money here at Macy's, do a little shopping, where are those proceeds going to end up? Uh, 100% of those proceeds go to the Matcha Dimes. Gotcha. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So not only are you going to be able to come down here and enjoy a, a couple of activities, uh, maybe do some shopping, but you can feel good about the shopping that you're doing as well because 100% of the proceeds, just like last year, are going to go to the Matcha Dimes, which, again, is an excellent cause. Can you talk a little bit more about Matcha Dimes and what they do? Yes. It's um, for babies that are born with different issues, not so healthy or premature, different things. Um, They're there to help, which is very important. A lot of people don't realize that they have this to reach out to. 
Also, we do have other um, sponsors, um, the Masonic Temple, um, Friends of Stevens Memorial Library, um, International Institute of Greater Lawrence, Big Friends, Little Friends, Family Services, Essex Community Foundation, Andover Youth Services, Methuen Festive, Festival of Trees, March of Dimes, of course. So there's many, many charities that are participating, and um, we thank them for that. And, and how many tickets were sold yesterday? Oh, my gosh. We sold quite a bit, but there's plenty, plenty more to be sold. So please come in and participate. We could use all the help we could get to help these charities. You heard her. Come out and shop. Awesome. Well, Kathy, we thank yep. you so much for stopping thank by you. and telling us about this wonderful event. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Kathy Stelchuk here, Kathy. counter manager here at the Macy's at the Mall at Rockingham Park here for a wonderful cause, which is uh, the 11th annual Macy's Shop for a Cause, as Kathy just said. You can, you know, really come down here and enjoy a wide variety of activities and get some shopping done while you're at it, too. It's a great way to end your summer. And uh, as I just mentioned to you guys, this is something that we did last year and truly one of my favorite remotes that we've done to this point, just given what it's about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can fit, it's like we said, you can come down, you can shop a little bit, you can buy some clothing if you're in need of some clothing. There's a whole ton of products. Uh, you know, it's Macy's. They got everything here. So you can come down for pretty much anything you want. If you're in need of something, you know, a little summertime sales event going on here, I know that's uh, a lot of the stuff is 25% off. So you're also getting a good deal on what you shop for. And you can feel great about shopping today because, again, 100% of those proceeds are going to go to March for uh, to March for Dimes, which is, again, a great charity. And it's just a perfect event to come on down. Uh, you know, you can feel good about any of the shopping you do. A lot of times you can't feel that way. When yeah, we shopping. always feel honored when we do remotes, but, I mean, the Avapalooza, March for a Dime cause, I mean, we're just happy to be a part of this process. And right. We want to be part of, you know, part of a crew that's helping out a little bit, you know. Exactly so if we can right. draw a little bit of attention to what's going on here at Macy's this week, Absolutely. We, we're happy to be involved and happy to be back here. We had a little bit of a... Of a uh, I knew you were going to bring it up. An issue last the, year. The, the, right infamous, the, the infamous coffee asco coffee incident asco. of 2015. Right. I, I, I know people are still talking about it today. A uh, whole year later, there's nothing Books else anyone talks about. Books have been written about it, Dave. <laughs> I, I mean, we got here last year. The first thing I did was I set my coffee down, and Laura was giving me crap for it, too, when we got here. It's just like right. I put my coffee on the table, and then I just whacked it, and it went all over everything. Market went over your laptop. Yeah, and yep. actually, it out when it happened. <laughs> it was, the coffee went everywhere. It Let's went everywhere. Be it went inside outlets. Like we we had to we were like blowing into outlets trying to dry out the coffee that had fallen in there. And since then, we've been really good about beverages being on the tables. It's one of the first things you should As learn. We speak, we yeah, I know. Hey, get that power right off the table, Mark. <laughs> the table. I see you. It's one of the first things you should learn if you're going to start broadcasting. Is do not have beverages anywhere near your equipment. You know, and we failed miserably at that last year. But since then, I think we learned our lesson. We we've been good. good. We yeah. haven't destroyed a single piece of equipment in an entire year. So that's, it's a good run we're on. That's it's quite an accomplishment. That we're on quite right an accomplishment there. <laughs> you are right. Uh, so, yes, uh, as we just mentioned, we are down here. Ashish Sharma, Dave Pollard, Mark Lazell here at Macy's at the Mall at Rockingham Park. Producer Brian Roach back in studio at the Merchants Auto Studio. Let's get into some sports here. Got a lot to get to. Uh, we'll get into the Red Sox as well down the road. But I do want to start with the Patriots from last night. 
Jimmy Garoppolo starting over Tom Brady. Shocking. Yeah. Were you guys surprised about that? No. No. You're shocked? <laughs> no. I'm, I, I, oh, okay. I was shocked. I was surprised. I was on Christian and King with Brian yesterday. Right. And we talked about it, and I said Tom Brady's going to be starting. I would be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo starts over Tom Brady. Well, why is Game that? starts, and all of a sudden I see Garoppolo trotting out there, and I'm like, oh, wow, i got to eat my words. Don't you think that, that's, uh, that that was the right move, though, to start Garoppolo over yes. Brady yesterday? I mean, Brady's it, not going to be playing until after week Yeah, forward. but you can't keep him on ice for, like, eight straight weeks, and you need to give him – I mean, come on, throw the guy a bone. Like, he hasn't played the first two preseason Brady's games. Been Let him have something. Years. I, it, more than see, that, that, like 16. That's the thing. Whatever that, it is. This guy's got enough experience. And how many times have we said in preseason, Brady doesn't even need reps. You he know? doesn't He's need be ready reps, to go. No, but if Tom Brady says, I want to play, which we mm-hmm. all know he did, yep. then you let him play. I mean, you make an exception for the guy that's brought you four Super Bowls. Right. He's the reason your franchise is as successful as it is, both on the field and off the field. He's obviously made the crafts billions of dollars over the course of the last 16 years. So, yeah. And I'm not someone who's not going to admit that there's two sides to every coin here you know Jimmy Garoppolo is in dire need of reps okay and if you watch the performance last night I think it's evident that he needs the reps a hell of a lot more than Brady needs the reps Brady might have wanted to be in there and that's the other side of the coin that I get it Brady wants to play he wants the reps even if it's just for his own mental uh, for his own mental sanity you know to be out there during a preseason game and get some reps with the starting offense I understand Brady wants that but what's really best for the team and what does Bill Belichick always do what's best for the team so that's the question that I have is really in terms of winning games especially in the first four weeks of the season do you think that Belichick did a little bit of damage by taking Garoppolo out and putting him back in uh, and letting Brady come out there in the second quarter last night yes I think it was a little bit of a mistake especially for his confidence now I don't know how shaken Garoppolo is going to get we haven't seen him under pressure we haven't seen him in a game that means anything so his mental capacity to, to handle adversity, I have no idea. Right. But if you ask me, going out there, starting the game, being pulled for Tom Brady, watching that guy throw a perfect teardrop, 33-yard touchdown pass to Chris Hogan, yeah. and then going back in there, it's, it's got to be a little bit uh, demoralizing. For Garoppolo. I think that's a strong word to use, Dave, honestly. When we're talking about the third week of a preseason, to yeah. use the word demoralizing. Because he knows this isn't his team, okay? Uh, now, you heard the crowd last night if you watched the game. There were Patriots fans in Carolina. Yeah. Now, when Brady came out there, the, the crowd went nuts. And when he threw that touchdown pass, the crowd went even crazier. Okay, so all I'm saying is if Jimmy G is a perceptive person, which I think he is, he's a quarterback in the NFL, he's going to perceive the fact that these guys are, have Tom Brady's back. They don't necessarily have Jimmy's back yet, you know, so I think that's one of those things you have to consider is the confidence level of Jimmy Garoppolo when he gets taken out of a game that, uh, honestly, preseason game number three, we we know what it is. The first three quarters, you're supposed to have your starting roster out there. David, and so it doesn't matter. Belichick said game three is game three in the preseason. There's sure. no dress rehearsal for the season. You get your guys ready. You should be ready by the start of training camp. I don't know if Jimmy's ready. He, he isn't. He no, he's been a mixed he bag. He's been ready. a mixed bag because uh, the game against the Bears, he looked yeah. sharp. But weeks one and three of the preseason, he's been kind of okay. And, and why is that, Ashish? They played the Saints. They played the Bears. Last night, they had to play the Carolina Panthers defense, right. which is going to be top five and, in the NFL. And their first this team year. defense at that. It's like you said about the first two weeks. You're yeah. not even out there. You're out there, number one, against pretty bad teams. Yeah. 
uh, pretty bad defenses, and you're not even out there against their starting defenses. So for Garoppolo to have any amount of success in those first two games, it's almost too wishy-washy for me to say, oh, well, that, that looked good. And he didn't even look that great in the first two uh, preseason games. And I told you that this week would be a true test against Carolina, mm-hmm. and we saw him just get washed up. I mean, you know, he just didn't have it last night. And I think the reason why he didn't have it is because he doesn't have that chemistry with the top-tier guys like Edelman, like Gronk. He has it with Hogan. He has it with Hogan. He has it with Derby. But he's not going to be playing with these guys ex- like, except for Hogan. I think Hogan will Hogan's make it. Hogan's exceptional. Yeah, Hogan, a great Hogan, Hogan's fitting in great, actually. He's had a very good preseason. He's, he's going to be that uh, second-tier sort of Edelman, you know. But my point in this is I think Garoppolo still the number two guy mm-hmm. because Edelman's not getting reps, Gronk's not getting reps. So it still seems like in the preseason going into it that Garoppolo's still working with the number two guys. Absolutely. Well, and he gets a chance, obviously, last night to play with the first-team offense, okay? so and he stinks he, it up. He doesn't necessarily stink it up. You know, he did go uh, in the long run. He went 9 of 15 for 57 yards. He had no touchdowns, no interceptions. I would just call it underwhelming, okay? And I do think that when you consider he's going to be starting week one. How much is he going to play in preseason week four? I just don't think he's gotten enough reps in this preseason for me to be confident that he's going to go into Arizona on September 11th and have uh, the game that you need him to have. Right Now, Brady, on the, on the flip side, sure, he might need the reps, but what good are the reps that he just had last night going to do him five weeks from now? I don't think it's so much that he needs the reps. I think it's just the guy wanted to play. Sure. It, that but, was it. But see, that's the difference, okay? If he needs the reps, it's understandable why Bill Belichick would insert him into that game last night. But if it's just that he wants the reps, I think, I think we can all admit that Brady doesn't need those reps. No, of course not. No, he, a, can, he can just get stuck in the regular season without playing a snap in the preseason. Exactly. And he'll be fine. So what really was best for the team last night? Of course, it, the best option was obviously to play Jimmy Garoppolo and not play Brady at all. But I, w- I think at the end of the day, you have to sort of massage some egos. No, and... There was a way to massage the egos, I think. And uh, to be, again, this is one of those things where Belichick decided, I'm going to get Brady in there against Carolina's first team defense. You could have put Brady in after uh, Garoppolo's first, like two and a half quarters, okay? If he plays the whole first half, he goes midway through the second half, then you put Brady in. I get that Brady's not going up against the first team defense. But he's still getting in there. He's still getting his play time. He wanted to play last week against the second-team defense. So what would the difference have been if you allow Garoppolo to stay out there for the first half? That's one of the things I think he needed to do was be out there for an entire half to start a game and actually be playing against a first-team defense for an extended period of time. But, if you, but you're saying you would have sent Brady out later in the game. But sure. then what if he had, like, the second-team offensive line? Would you, be, would you be comfortable with that? Would Tom Brady out that? Second-team offensive line? No, that's fair. But I think that if you're worried about injury to Tom Brady, why play him at all in the preseason? You can get hurt at any time. Sure. I mean, we, we know yeah. this. He could, he could get hurt uh, with the first-team uh, defense out there playing against the offensive line, the starters on but the offensive line for the Patriots. To Dave's point, I also think that Tom Brady needs reps with Chris Hogan, with Martellus Bennett, because these guys are new to the system. Even the running backs. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt has been subpar, to say the least. Although he had sure. a pretty decent game last night. But, well, right. but what do we say but about Tyler Gaffney? I mean, mm-hmm. he wants to know the tendencies of each player. So when, that Brady, when Brady comes back, he knows. Even if one game helps him, Tom Brady's one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game, guys, sure. for a reason. Because he makes all the receivers around him 
great. Right. Great. Right. And I, and I agree with that. Look, I, I don't think there's any negative for Tom Brady in getting reps in last night. But you're supposed to be simulating. Like, we all know, preseason game number three is supposed to be the game where you simulate the, uh, a regular season matchup. And there is no instance in which Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start a game, be taken out in the second quarter, and then be put back in. That's not how you mentally prepare yourself for a regular season game. They didn't simulate a regular season game for Garoppolo last night. And this is a guy that's never started in a regular season game, but he's going to be your starting quarterback for the first four weeks. So I think that they may have done a little bit of damage to themselves by doing it the way they did last night. That's just my, that's just my personal yeah. opinion. Garoppolo should have been out there for the first two halves, uh, for the first two quarters at least. The whole first half, I think that would have been fine. And then you can decide what to do with them in the second half. All right, we are coming at you live from the mall at Rockingham Park here in Salem, New Hampshire, here for the 11th annual Macy's Shop for a Cause. We'll be right back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, celebrating 10 years as Manchester's sports station. ESPNNHradio.com. This is the most beautiful thing I ever seen. Find the latest schedules, show blogs, podcasts, and all the breaking sports news in our area, from high school to the pros. Awesome. Want some new apparel? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Visit ESPNNHradio.com for shirts, hats, and all things ESPN New Hampshire. Woo! We've got it all here. Just visit our website at ESPNNHradio.com. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal. When many people think of wildlife in New Hampshire, most don't get past deer, bear, moose, turkey, coyote, fox, and fisher. Oh yeah, maybe a skunk. But on the 25th anniversary of the non-game and endangered wildlife program, they probably should. There are so many other critters that are residents of the state that are part of the outdoor landscape that we see and often take for granted. They deserve another look. As John Cantor, coordinator of Fish and Game's non-game and endangered wildlife program, said so eloquently, quote, when nature is thrown off course, we have a responsibility to help it get back on track. Knowing how much the people of New Hampshire care about their wildlife and wild places, I can't help but think that the future looks bright, unquote. We should all hope that John's optimism will be realized because history is full of examples of after years of turning a blind eye to wildlife issues when it was too late. Societies would say, oops, that's not a word we need to use. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. At 7 I shower. Every day I wake for up at 5. For those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
Interested in pursuing a career in radio or television? Visit NAJB.org, the online home of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters. Visit our online job bank at NHAB.org to view current job openings and even post your resume for potential employers. Students, visit NHAB.org to apply for the NHAB Student Broadcaster Scholarship and learn about available internships. NHAB.org, the online source of Granite State Broadcasting. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Patriots were on the road last night for preseason game number three. They topped the Panthers 19-17. We got to see a little bit from all three quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo started the game. He went 9 of 15 for 57 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Tom Brady was 3 of 9, but for 76 yards, he did connect with Chris Hogan for a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett went a perfect 9 of 9 passing for 85 yards and a touchdown. Steven Guskowski missed two field goals in the victory, and the defense made three interceptions. Next up for the Pats, they take on the Giants at MetLife Stadium on Thursday before traveling to Arizona to kick off the regular season on September 11th. Steven Wright made his first start in just over three weeks last night against Kansas City. It did not go great. He gave up two homers and five earned runs in just the first inning. And despite a five-hit night from Mookie Betts, the Sox offense stranded 12 base runners on the way to a 6-3 loss to the Royals, their third straight defeat. With the loss, Wright falls to 13-6 and six on the year. Sox are now one game back of Toronto for the top spot in the AL East. They're one game up on Baltimore for the top wildcard spot. The team will try to bounce back tonight. It'll be David Price on the mound against Royals lefty Danny Duffy. First pitch from Fenway is at 7-10. You can hear the call of that game right here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from Macy's inside the mall at Rockingham Park. And right now. quarterback and he throws a strike to Aaron Dobson who takes it inside the 15-yard line before Luke Keekley can end the play. Brady going long and right. Beautiful throw, beautiful catch. Hogan for the touchdown. 33 yards. Welcome back to the Sports Blast. Coming at you live from the mall at Rockingham Park here in Salem, New Hampshire. We are here for the 11th annual Macy's Shop for Cause. Ashish Sharma, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazelle here at Macy's. Brian Roach back in studio at the Merchants Auto Studio in Nashua, New Hampshire. Before we continue, Dave, I just wanted to congratulate you on the air. New uncle. Yes. Uncle Dave. I am Uncle, uncle Dave. Dave officially. My, uh, my older sister had her first baby uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, she's now about a week and a half, well, a week and a half old. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to you and your family. Unbelievable, awesome. too, like how much they change, even just like in the first couple of weeks of their life. You yeah. know, so the first day that I got to see the baby, it just slept the entire time. Didn't even get to look at her, uh, didn't, didn't open her eyes at all. And then I finally got to go over. She opened her eyes. You know, they only smile when, when they have gas. Right. That's one of the funny <laughs> things. You think like, you know, at that point when they're that young, they don't even have like a stream of consciousness going. But you kind of think that they do. So when they laugh, you're like, oh, yeah, she likes me. I'm making, I'm making her laugh. Really, she's probably just passing gas. Yeah, passing gas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's awesome. That's what babies do, though. Sister, though. Yeah, that's yeah, it. thank Fantastic. you. I appreciate that. I Congrats, do. <laughs> it's a good time. Uh, and we do want to mention before we get back to sports um we we've got some tickets that are being given out here uh so again if you come down here and you shop uh not only is 100 percent of what you buy down here uh going to be contributed uh to march for dimes but we've also got uh tickets for whales tail uh we've got tickets for canopy lake 
We've got tickets for Loon. That's the summer adventure. Uh, don't want to confuse anyone. It's not a skiing pass to Loon, but it is for the summer adventure. They've got great stuff going on at Loon Mountain all year round. So, again, it's, it's Loon, it's Canopy, it's Whale's Tail. You can come down here, and you'll have a chance to get some of those tickets as well. So there's a lot going on down here. Again, it's for a great cause, and uh, 100% of the proceeds go into March for a Dime's uh, so you can feel good about it, but you can also get a little bit back. You know? Absolutely. You, yeah. you can get some clothes. You can, you can save on the deals that are down here, and you can get some tickets. I was going to say, there's no reason for you not to come down here. If yeah. you like to shop, if you like to get your face painted, you know, yep, all, yep. There's, there's going to be a magician here. There's yep. a lot it's of activities. Great for the whole family. So, great for so the whole it's family. fun. You can buy stuff, you know, and you can feel good about it. Sure. There's a great reason to come to Macy's. And, again, we're at uh, the, the mall at Rockingham Park in Salem. So don't hesitate to come down here and spend a little money. Now, guys, just getting back into last night's Patriots-Carolina game, uh, I don't want to start any fires here, but Jacoby Brissett did go 9 for 9 with a touchdown. Start, in right? five start the fire. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Start. Like, hey, what happens if through two weeks Jimmy Garoppolo is really cropping it up and, you know, like, well, and, and this is sort of my question with Garoppolo because, you know, he hasn't really seemed too fiery about owning the starting right. position. Doesn't it sort of just feel like he's there to fill in for Brady? Yeah, still That's open. exactly what he's yeah. doing. Keep, keep the seat warm for Brady until he comes back and is like, hey, that's my seat, buddy, and I'm taking it back. So I'm a little concerned with Garoppolo's confidence. I really am. I don't think that it was a smart move to take him out midway through the second second quarter, put Brady in, then insert Garoppolo back in there after Brady throws a perfect touchdown pass. Then he leaves the game and he sees Jacoby Brissett go 9 for 9, 85 yards and a touchdown. So you think his psyche's damaged I now. just wonder. I just wonder. I don't think. I don't know. I just wonder if Garoppolo is going to be mentally prepared for week one. I have concerns about that. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if he goes into Arizona and, and has a dud of a game. I, he hasn't had uh, turnover problems, which is nice. You know, as long as, as, long as Garoppolo is able to not turn the ball over, give his defense a chance to win games, because this defense is uh, Outstanding. Uh, amazing. Like, what we've seen out of the defense this preseason has been stellar. And, and I think if Garoppolo can just manage the game, not turn the ball over, give his defense a chance to actually win the game for you, then that's enough. You don't have to do much more. But I'd hate to see him get to a point where his confidence level is so low that he's going to cost you games in the first four weeks. And I'll tell you the difference between Garoppolo and Brissett. The reason why Garoppolo doesn't have that confidence is because he went to a lower-tier school. So he doesn't have that you know, leadership quality about him to go about being you know, that cocky guy to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Brissett has that. And why does he have that? It's because he went to Florida. He went to Ohio State. I mean, this guy's been around, and he, he is the guy that – you want leading your team as Brady sitting on the bench. You want him to take the driver's seat and just take it with you know head full of steam because this is what this guy's all about. He's built upon that. He's always been about that throughout his college career. But I think, and I talked about this in previous weeks, I think the key factor in all of this with the rookie quarterbacks is getting the running game going because it's going to balance out the game. It's not going to put pressure on the quarterback to take, you know, 40 to 50 reps. Well, absolutely. This isn't going to be the Patriots offense we know in the first four weeks. No. It can't be. You can't throw the ball 50 to 60 times with Garoppolo behind center. You just can't do it, which is unfortunate because I don't have any faith in the run game of the Patriots. I don't know about you guys. I like Gaffney. Uh, Gaffney has shown more. flashes. Absolutely. He could be a guy that can come in there. I think he'd be great on first and second down, uh, maybe even third down. But no one's been like a breakout star for the Patriots no, in the run game. No, no. That's what I mean. This run game is 
subpar. No, it's one of no the lead it's one of the I, worst I, run games I, I, in the league, guys. I wouldn't say it's subpar. I'd say it's adequate. Middle Is that a better word? No, it's adequate. I don't think so. Middle I mean, maybe that if that's your opinion, fine. They're adequate. I think they are bottom five in the run game really? in this league. Absolutely, I think they have a terrible run game. And I'll tell you why, Dave. They don't have a lead back, and that's why the Patriots have always been built around committee mm -hmm. rather than the lead back because they don't have one. Right. So unless, unless you develop one, maybe a Gaffney becomes the lead back. Sure. But, again, until we see it, it's going to be LeGarrette Blount. It's going to be a Deion Lewis. It's going to well, be Well, Deion Lewis Gaffney. is going to miss, like, the first, like, ten weeks of the right. season. Right. Lewis, so. Lewis is so on he's not even in the picture. He's out. And, and you know what? I'm just tired of watching LeGarrette Blount need to pick up one yard like he did last night. I forget exactly when it happened, but it was, uh, I think it was a fourth down try. They decided, hey, we're going to go for it. And you could even hear uh, the announcer, Dan Roach, allude to, like, hey, this is a situation where it's fourth down. Short yardage. you got to go for it. This is the team that's going to be out there week one. And LeGarrette Blunt gets the handoff, and what happens? He didn't get two didn't steps get forward, yeah. so he didn't go anywhere. If the guy the doesn't get his feet moving, he's going to get stopped. He mm -hmm. lost a yard on that play. And for a guy that is as big as LeGarrette Blunt, that should never happen. You should be able to at least count on him for goal line plays. And, and basically, fourth and one is a simulation of a goal line play. He didn't make it. He didn't pick up the yards. I have no faith in LeGarrette Blunt. And a bad running game, you can have if Brady's your quarterback. Mm -hmm. You can't have a bad running game if Brady's not your quarterback. Well, and you can sort of, what I would do, if the run game is not going to, to work for you, and you can try and make it work. I think it's smart to get the running backs involved, especially in week one when you're going up against uh, a defense like Arizona's. But you can still do the, the sort of passes. dink and dunk. Exactly. You can but. make those five-yard quick passes that are almost like run plays anyway. We see Brady do it all the time with this offense. We see, we see Brady do it. And right. I'll, I'll tell you why Garoppolo won't. Is because he makes two indecisive decisions. Right. He's he's sitting back he's there, not right. quick enough he, on the release. He takes forever and to he, make a decision. Not, not. He's stepping into the pocket instead of out. Mm -hmm. Brady does that best, rolling out of the pocket and avoiding the sack. Garoppolo has done that a little bit mm -hmm. in the preseason. He had, he had one play yesterday it. where he scrambled he after almost getting sacked. He but. did, but for the most part, there's been a lot of situations where he comes about, you know, stepping into the pocket and getting a sack. So well, what right, you do, right. you throw the ball away or you dump it off to your running back, as you said. Exactly. Those, those little plays where the running back, you know, it looks like he's going to block, then he comes right out of the backfield, and it's a five-yard pickup that turns into a 15-yard pickup. So that's you your need, running game. You need Garoppolo to be able to have those short passes because you don't have a running game. All right? So, and the Patriots' offense has been constructed, as we know, over the past 16 years with Tom Brady as the quarterback. It's been constructed on these short passes, screen plays, that are going to allow the wide receivers to do a little bit of work, and get up the field. So I think that Garoppolo is capable of making those short passes, but I agree with you. Uh, I think in the pocket, he has trouble. He feels pressure. He gets nervous. He's a, a second too late on his decision, and that, as we know, is everything in football. If you're a split second too late, all of a sudden that step that your wide receiver had on a cornerback, it, it's not there anymore, and the cornerback's going to be able to reach in, break up the pass. You know, there was an instance last night where I think he saw Luke Keekley and he crapped in his pants and, and just completely missed Julian Edelman on a cross route. And, and that can't happen. You can't be throwing the football right into the arms of Luke Keekley. Uh, granted, 
that didn't happen. That should have been an interception, and Keekley did not complete the yeah, interception. Edelman almost came down with the ball, actually. Well, and there was an instance, too, where Edelman uh, dropped the pass from Garoppolo on a, on a cross pattern. Um, and I think that we might be talking about two different plays there because one went right into the hands of Luke Keekley and should have been picked off. So he should have had an interception last night. He got lucky. But I agree, Mark. There's a problem with him stepping up into the pocket, and that's something we've been spoiled with with Tom Brady. And, and I know I've cautioned Patriots fans with Garoppolo when it comes to that next guy before because we're going to be watching the next guy that plays quarterback for the Patriots, and we're going to go, this guy has no idea how to play quarterback. Yeah. I disagree. I think Garoppolo will be an average to pretty decent quarterback in this league. We're just so used to seeing Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, play that we're going to be really frustrated with how long it takes for him to get to even an above-average level, he'll never be Tom Brady. Right. He give will me, never be Brady. Give me Jacoby Brissett over Garoppolo. I, I just yeah, like Mark's, Mark's been on Jacoby Brissett, Brissett since the beginning. Guy. But my whole point with um, the, the wide receiving game is I think Chris Hogan has stepped up, and I think he deserves more playing time than a guy like Danny Amendola, mm-hmm. who can be a cap casualty, right? Right. It's certainly possible, yes. And, and I he think gets he will. all the time. He gets injured all the I time. Think, I th- yeah, Mark, I think it's certainly possible that you could see Danny Amendola as a cap casualty simply because of the emergence yes. of Chris Hogan. He's played great in the preseason. He's been fantastic. I think he's honestly earned that, earned that spot. Again, it, it, the question comes down to, for me at least, is the health of uh, Julian Edelman. Yeah. How ready is he going to be for week one? I mean, it's good to see him on the field last night, but I, I think he lost a step. I, I, I don't think he's at 100% just yet. Were you guys surprised at how much he played last night? A little bit. I, I was shocked at how much time he was out there. When you consider the fact that for most of the offseason we heard, he might not even be ready for week one. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they were playing him. For Julian Edelman himself, if the doctors are going to tell him, like, you can go out and play and, and it's not going to necessarily hurt you anymore, yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised Julian Edelman went out there and played. He's a competitive guy. We've seen that with Edelman for the past couple seasons now. He's going to be out there if he's allowed to be out there. I'll tell you the reason why I'm not shocked is because Garoppolo has to get to know this guy. They're going to be playing with each other for the first four weeks. When Brady comes back, you know, there's going to be a slight transition. And you don't know if Brady's still going to be the same Tom Brady. I mean, I, th- I think he will. But there's always questions there. And after a guy takes four weeks off, coming back into the mix, mm-hmm. right, dealing with other wide receivers like Martellus Bennett now and Chris Hogan, mm-hmm. he's going to have to develop that uh, chemistry between them sure. two. So my whole point is let's pump the brakes a little bit when it comes to Edelman and Garoppolo's chemistry. They don't have it yet. So they need to develop that and create a problem for defenses this year. Right. Just, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, that's another reason why I don't understand inserting Brady in the middle of Garoppolo's game. You know, I, again, it's it was weird to me, you know, watching uh, what is supposed to be a simulation of a regular season game when you, when you end up taking your starting quarterback out and then putting him back in. That's not a simulation of a regular season game. I think the more reps he was going to get with the offense was going to help Garoppolo. And I don't think Brady needs that. I really don't. I get that he wanted it. And I understand what he's done for this franchise. But if anyone should understand that it's all about winning, it's Brady. It's Brady. So yeah, maybe it pisses him off. But isn't, haven't we always said that's a good thing for Brady? If he's going to be ticked by the time he gets out there week five against Cleveland... It's only positive. Yeah, he plays you know? better and, when he's angry. And, and I get needing the reps you know, with, with guys like Hogan, with guys like Bennett, the new crew that's going to be out there with them. But 
those are good problems to have. He's going to be out weeks one through four anyway. You know, he's not going to be able to practice with the team weeks one through four. So you get out there, you get a couple reps in a preseason game. That's great. But Brady doesn't need those reps. He's the ultimate professional. He's a, a guy that is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to be ready come week five. I'm more concerned, if I'm the Patriots and Bill Belichick, I am way more concerned with weeks one through four. So I don't understand, even slightly, inserting Brady into that game last night in the middle of Garoppolo's reps. I think it totally messes up the consistency that Garoppolo needs to develop with those wide receivers. How much is Garoppolo even going to play against the Giants? He's not going to get out there. He won't. And Dave, to that point, I I think Brady's kind of acting selfish because he wants to play. Sure. And he wants to get, he wants to do him because Brady has never like kind of been through this adversity and, you know, these obstacles in his entire career besides sure. his one injury, right? So when Garoppolo comes in, Brady sees, you know, Garoppolo being the next guy. Sure, he's a threat. He's jealous. He's a threat to Brady. Absolutely. He's jealous. And, but at the same time, he's selfish because mm-hmm. Garoppolo needs those reps. And okay, I- there's a difference between want and need. Totally. Garoppolo totally. is a need for reps. Right. Brady is a want for reps. And that's right. why that's I, don't, I don't necessarily put it on Brady for wanting the reps. I put it on Belichick. For giving them to for him. For giving them, for giving Brady those reps. When, I think it's so obvious, and anyone who, anyone who doesn't think this or know this, like, fine, it's your opinion, but Brady does not need these reps. It's, just, it's exactly what you said, Mark. He doesn't need them. Garoppolo needs them. And it's evident. His play last night kind of showed us. He needs more practice before the regular season. He's not going to get much more. Mm. Next week, week four of the preseason, even if he's out there, he's not going to be out there with the starters. He's not going to create that chemistry that he needs to create. So come week one against Arizona, I'm I'm not going to be surprised when Jimmy Garoppolo is not ready for that game, guys. Nope. Not at all. Nope. All right, we're broadcasting live at the mall at Rockingham Park here in Salem, New Hampshire. We're here for the 11th annual Macy's Shop for Cause. When we come back, we'll get into the Red Sox from last night. This is the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Don't go anywhere. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. Your NBC Sports Radio update starts now. Counting down to kickoff with a 12 noon kick in Chicago between the Bears and the Chiefs as week three of the NFL preseason continues. Tonight, Joe Flacco returns for the Ravens, who will host the Lions. And it's been even more of a wait for Victor Cruz, who will be back in the lineup for the first time since October of 2014 as the Giants take on the Jets. The Eagles are at Indy, the Raiders will host the Titans, and the Rams and the Broncos will go at it in Denver as the Broncos quarterback battle continues between Trevor Simeon and Mark Sanchez. There is daytime baseball on the Saturday with the Orioles and the Yankees from the Bronx. The Blue Jays will host the Twins, and there will also be a matinee in L.A. as the Dodgers continue their showdown with the Cubs. And in golf, it's round three of the Barclays with full coverage on Golf Channel. I'm Jeff Biggs. NBC Sports Radio. Finding a job can be tough, but Express Employment Professionals has helped more than 6.5 million people find jobs over the last 30 years. If you're ready to switch jobs or find a new job, team up with Express. Apply now at ExpressPros.com for industrial, skilled trade, and professional jobs. Express never charges a job seeker to help find them employment. And if you're recruiting, we have the right person for the job. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Go to ExpressPros.com now. Hear that? That's the sound of you creating your own destiny. 
While others are waiting in line for brunch, you're spending Saturday in the garage. Because you went to AdvanceAutoParts.com, ordered a platinum battery with a three-year replacement warranty, and picked it up in-store just 30 minutes later. Now, installing a battery isn't an all-day job, but what the brunch crowd doesn't know won't hurt it. Advance Auto Parts. Let's get you back on the road. Visit Advance Auto As a small business owner, do you spend too much time working in your business and not enough time working on your business? At Lifeline Financial Services, they know bookkeeping is one of the most tedious and time-consuming activities of running your business. Call or email us today to see how Lifeline Financial Services can save you money and give you more time for growing your business. Do what you do best and let Lifeline Financial Services do the rest. Visit LifelineFinancialServices.com. LifelineFinancialServices.com. Hey, it's Pete Shepard. And Jimmy Murphy. Join us for our new show, The Stretch Run. Here on ESPN New Hampshire, 3 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. We'll be recapping Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, and all things New Hampshire sports. So stay with us here. On The Stretch Run, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., right here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNH.com. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Patriots were on the road last night for preseason game number three. They topped the Panthers 19-17. We got to see a little bit from all three quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo started the game. He went 9 of 15 for 57 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Tom Brady just 3 of 9 for 76 yards, but did connect with Chris Hogan for a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett went a perfect 9 of 9 passing for 85 yards and a touchdown. Steven Goskowski missed two field goals in the victory, and the defense had three picks. Next up for the Pats, they take on the Giants at MetLife Stadium on Thursday before traveling to Arizona to kick off the regular season on September 11th. Stephen Wright made his first start in just over three weeks last night against Kansas City. It did not go great. He gave up two homers and five earned runs in just the first inning. And despite a five-hit night from Mookie Betts, the Sox offense stranded 12, 12 base runners on the way to a 6-3 loss to the Royals, their third straight defeat, with the loss Wright falls to 13-6 on the year. Sox are now one game back at Toronto for the top spot in the AL East. They're one game up on Baltimore the top wildcard spot. The team will try to bounce back tonight. It'll be David Price on the mound against Royals lefty Danny Duffy. First pitch from Fenway is at 7-10. You can hear the call of that game right here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from Macy's inside the mall at Rockingham Park in Salem right now. back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. I want to get into the Red Sox here, guys. Kind of an interesting outing for Stephen Wright, his first start last night since uh, coming off the DL. Mm. Uh, five earned runs on two home runs mm-hmm. in the first inning. Yeah. Then he settled down and looked fine. That's that knuckleball, man. It, it'll do weird things. I, I've, I've been saying things. it all year, right? Like we, I've, I've been pretty consistent with I'm um, just waiting for Stephen Wright to sort of fall off a cliff because when the knuckleball goes awry, it goes Really arrived. But he looked good after the first inning. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, in. he issued a lot of walks. So I think he had he, to. He had a few uh, hits sprinkled in as well, but sure. he didn't allow any runs after that. I think he had to work off some rust. That's fine. But I mean, that will happen with a knuckleball pitcher. You don't pitch in three weeks and you throw a knuckleball. Uh, yeah, you might give up two homers in the first inning back after three weeks not pitching. Uh, I, I don't necessarily 
blame Stephen Wright for not having pitched the last three weeks. I blame John Farrell for pinch running him at second base. Like, who the hell does that yeah. as a manager? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was just dumb. Who pinch runs a pitcher, one of your starting pitchers, and not just one of your starting pitchers, <laughs> your but, best. but maybe the guy who had been the most consistent other than Rick Porcello all year for you. Yep. He was so consistent, okay? And you put him out there at second base thinking, what could possibly happen? Well, I'll tell you what could possibly happen. He might just stumble on his way back to second because he's not a base runner. He does not hit, and he does not run the bases. No. Why hey. are you going to pinch run Stephen Wright? And Dave, a lot of people are like... <laughs> I need oh. answers. <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal putting Stephen Wright at second. Come on. Come that's on. a he, bad move. That's awful. Like I know, uh, Dave, I was uh, saying this, but I think on the show that you uh, weren't here a couple weeks ago, I mm-hmm. said if you're going to do that with any pitcher, do, do it with Clay Buckles. Yeah, because back yeah. th- that was before Clay Buckles went on this terror recently where he's been phenomenal. Right, because no one expects anything that was, of him. That's when he sucked. Right. That was like if he gets hurt, no one will care. Yep. True. And that's what, I, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, I wouldn't care right now if you pinch run Clay Buckles and he breaks his ankle. That's, that's a whole <laughs> different story, Okay. Buckles, Buckles is a is a whole other thing. He only performs when there's absolutely no pressure on him to perform. So the fact that he got demoted to the bullpen three times this year and pitched horribly made the expectations across the board so low that Clay Buckles finally started pitching well again. 2.7 ERA in his three starts that he made for Stephen Ray. All, all you Trade have him. to do is expect <laughs> nothing out of him. And Buckles will feel that. He'll consume that. Hey, nobody expects me to pitch well. And then he'll go out there because there's no pressure, and he'll pitch just fine. And now he's being rewarded by getting stuck back in the bullpen. Right, and now people are going to start to – I mean, I hope people are wise to this at this point, but if anyone starts having expectations that Buckles is going to be like a guy that you can insert into the rotation come playoff time. Delusional. He's, well, not only delusional, it's not going to work out. Oh, that too. Because the pressure's going <laughs> to pressure's gonna go up. And Clay Buckle's performance is going to go down. He's going to melt. It's going to be terrible. So we don't want that. But back to Stephen Wright. All right, he has a, a, a bad first inning. Fine. I, I like that he settled back in. You know why? That shows he's got some balls. Yeah. I, I like that. And I, I've liked that about Rick Porcello all year, too. When he struggled on the mound, he seems to sort of dial it back and, and perform well. You know, and, and any pitcher that can do that, not let it unravel on you. I respect pitchers like that. You're going <laughs> to give up your hits. David Price is a perfect example of a guy who, Doesn't. When, when things are going well, they're going great. Yeah. He can be lights out for seven straight innings, but the second it goes wrong for him, it goes really, really wrong for him. And, and that's one of the main reasons I have concerns about David Price as the ace of this rotation and why, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, why I'm starting to actually think to myself, and I can't believe it, but Porcello's the guy. Yeah, he He's is. the he is. ace of the rotation right now. And we, we had the discussion about who do you put in if there's a play-in game. You know, we had that talk, and it was, a, it was an interesting and debate you were a couple adamant weeks that it would be David Price. I would, I would, still, I would still go David Price. Uh, he's I would, been better. But, I'll give you that, Dave. But, he's been much better. Uh, he has been better. But, I mean, Rick Porcello has just exceeded expectations to a degree I couldn't have expected. No, in Fenway, Porcello... Outside of Fenway. But price. I'm interested to see if Dave agrees with that. I'm now. on the fence at this point. You okay, know, so you, are, you are sort of... I have started gravitating more towards the Rick Porcello side of things because his consistency has just been remarkable. Through the roof. I, I can't believe how good he's been all year. And it's one of those things, you know, we saw it with, like, John Lackey. We've seen it with other Red Sox pitchers where it takes a season for some reason in this market. It takes a full season. Maybe you settle in a little bit. You get used to the pressure of pitching in Boston. And then that next year, that second year, the sophomore season for these pitchers, 
it can work out, and he's having a career year. So for me, when talking about you know your top pitchers, your top options if there's a playoff, a play-in game, is going to be David Price, Porcello, and Wright. And I've said it the whole time, I don't trust Wright because I don't trust the knuckleball. It's just, he can pitch great, that's fine. I just don't trust the pitch he throws. The knuckleball is too uh, chaotic for me. You never know when it can go wrong. So now it's down to Price and and Porcello if we have a play-in game. And I'm starting to lean a little bit towards Porcello. Yeah, and the offense has stepped up immensely. And, you know, through these three games, we haven't seen the consistency that we should see. Like, the three consecutive losses has been huge because... You know, you're fighting for a wild card spot. You're mm-hmm. fighting for the division. You got to show up in August and September. Yeah. Come September, 23 games against the AL East, okay? That's prominent. That's going to be a point where it's make or break. Oh, that's Not huge. only for the Red Sox, for John Farrell, okay? Because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if, if the Red Sox don't make it or. Oh, he's fired. Playoffs, he's fired. He's fired. Uh, he's I, I fired. think John Farrell is fired if they don't win the World Series. And no. We talking, I think we were talking about this uh, last week or two weeks ago. We were. So? About Jim Le- uh, how about I, Jim Leland? I agree. Leland? Dave. I agree what with if they go after Jim Leland? Right now he's working in the front office yeah. with the Detroit Tigers. Oh, I wouldn't have he a problem. He has a history with, with Dave Dombrowski that goes that precedes actually Detroit. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, talking, we're talking about the offseason now, right? Because yeah. right. I think we can agree that John Farrell's not going anywhere this season. You're not no, they're not going to fire him now. You didn't fire Bobby Valentine midway through the season. You're not going to fire John Farrell in August. Well, and, and they're in a playoff position. I mean, to an extent, it's almost as if John Farrell doesn't get enough credit for what he's done, but you just see some glaring mistakes that he makes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You, uh, Mismanagement of the bullpen, not been, defining roles. The Stephen Wright thing was icing on the cake. I mean, I mean, I mean that's just sense. such a bad move. I mean, you put Drew Pomerantz on second base You over just got Stephen him from the National Wright. League, yeah. Well, and what was the game a couple of weeks ago? I believe it was against uh, Baltimore where they had a 3-1 lead in the eighth. Correct me if I'm wrong on the opponent, but he, he ends up going with Tazawa. That was Detroit. It was Detroit. Detroit. Okay, so in, they have a 3-1 lead in the eighth. Ziegler. And you go to, you go to Tazawa, and, and you just have to know. As a manager, you have to have a feel for your bullpen. Can't go with this guy. <laughs> Why are you going with Tazawa there? Uh, there was there was also an instance where I, I think it was uh, Porcello was in recently, and he'd almost thrown a career high amount of pitches. You bring him out there. It was against Tampa Bay. You bring him out there to face Longoria mm-hmm. uh, in the eighth inning. And he gives up a bomb. Like, first hit was a bomb. Did you have a problem with him bringing Porcello back? Not, that, not bringing Porcello back for that. But then he left him in there, and it didn't burn him. You know, he got, he got lucky. It didn't burn him after Longoria. But if you were playing the matchups, you had Ziegler uh, ready to go. And, and the matchup was, that I think, uh, the next guy up was 4 for 12 with three extra base hits against Rick Porcello in mm-hmm. his career. And John Farrell postgame said, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to get the right matchups out there. And if you were going for matchups, you wouldn't have left Porcello out there because the guy, uh, four hits, three of them extra base hits, and, and of course, he gets lucky because the ball, uh, the, that ball got launched uh, to the wall, and it, thankfully it wasn't a home run, but the, he didn't go with the right matchup. Yeah. So there's, there's these little mistakes that Farrell's just made over the course of the year that, you know, you could go insane if you, if you picked out each individual one. You're saying, how has this guy managed a team to a playoff position? Yeah, and, and Dave, I alluded to this last week, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to elaborate on your point. Mm-hmm. I think the reason and answer to that question is John Farrell tries to get too creative. Just be mm-hmm. more simplistic. You know why? Because in that situation, when Tazawa's on the mound, mm-hmm. you put Ziegler He's your eighth-inning guy. Uh, yeah, and I don't understand what his problem is with starting Ziegler 
to open the eighth. Yes. It seems like he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So and and I don't understand that because Ziegler is your guy. He's your bridge guy. Uh, right. And at least at least that's the opinion. impression we were under when they acquired him. Is like that this is your setup guy? Ziegler in the eighth, Kimbrel in the ninth. Yep. It's that simple. When you mess with that, you bring out Tazawa uh, to open up the eighth. Not only are you allowing for the uh, for the opportunity for the team to get back in it because Tazawa has not been himself. Yeah, he might be done for his career, by the way, Tazawa, the way that he pitched against Detroit that day. I think he loaded the bases, he gave up a run, and then Ziegler comes in. You know, he faced three batters. They got yeah. three hits and a run. And then Ziegler comes in, he has to mop up a mess. He ends up walking a run in with the bases loaded because Ziegler's not a guy that's going to throw accurately. It looks like it's coming in for, for the batter. It looks like it's going to be a strike. It turns out not to be a strike, but if you're going to be a smart batter, I forget who the guy was that walked uh, when Detroit ended up uh, getting the game-winning run, he walked in a run with the bases loaded. But if you're going to have a good eye at the, at the plate, yeah, Ziegler's going to be a guy that will walk you. He's also a pitch-to-contact pitcher. That's why you have to open yes. the inning with him. You can't bring him out there with runners on base right. because he's a pitch-to-contact pitcher. Right. They're going to hit the ball, that or, the, or they're going to get walked. So, so you just don't want him out there with runners on base. Bring him out to open up the eighth. And Dave... To avoid, you know, those situations, um, I guess, you know, barring injuries, you know, you got Carson Smith out for the year. Mm-hmm. Now we got Andrew Benintendi with his knee, Blake Swihart. Who, sh- so, who should be okay, by the way, Benintendi. I think he's day-to-day now. But there's been injuries, so it, it kind of puts in the equation when it comes to John Farrell's job security. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to give a little weight. I mean, the guy has dealt with, you know, I guess a consolidation of a, his roster. Mm-hmm. So you have to make of what you have. But with John Farrell, the way he's going to keep his job is just being more simplistic. Why do you have to be, you know, get too creative at sure. points? Like the Stephen Wright thing, it's common sense. See, the put a positional player in, right? But, oh, yeah, absolutely. A positional player would have been great. You don't do that to a starting pitcher. Any, anyone well, but a starting pitcher, especially one of your most consistent starting Unless pitchers. Unless it's Clay Buckles, so, in which so, case I would not have had a problem. And, and that's my point. <laughs> you bring it in Holiday. After Sandy Leon is tearing off... The, the cover off the ball, uh-huh. and you bring in Holiday. I don't care that the guy needs a break. He's hitting. He's on a hitting streak. Have him work it out and get more reps. Absolutely. Only makes sense. Well, and, and to me, okay, John Farrell, there's almost nothing he can do for me that would make me want to bring him back. No. If you win a World Series this year, I still want you to fire him in the offseason. I do. He's, he's made too many mistakes, and I think there are a lot of games they've won in spite of some of the mistakes that John Farrell made. We... We saw it this past week. He didn't get burned uh, by leaving Porcello in there, but it easily could have burned him if he if if he ends up hitting a home run instead of hitting the wall. Uh, we're talking about how John Farrell made a terrible decision to leave Porcello in the game against Tampa. Dombrowski has his guy lined up, and he knows who he wants. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he goes out and get him. All right, wrapping up our number one here from the mall at Rockingham Park in Salem, New Hampshire. We'll be back here on the Sports Blast. ESPN, New Hampshire, don't go anywhere. Michelob Ultra is more than a superior light beer. It's taken in all life happens.